0: You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable.
1: All right, guys, welcome to today's show. Now, I've got to apologize first and foremost to Cole my guest on the show today. Now, I mean, to be fair, there's three guests. It's Cole, Tom, and my wife, Samantha. But this was recorded at BowFest, and somehow it got lost within all the other files that I had recorded. And I just uncovered it, and I was like, man, I got to release this. We've got hunting season coming up, so you better believe the next episode is going to be an update on all the hunts, what's going on here in my neck of the woods, the encounters that I've had, and there's a couple pretty crazy stories, so I'm going to fill you guys in next week on that, but for this episode, I'm joined by Cole Maney, Tom Maland, and my wife, Samantha. It's an awesome episode, so let's jump in.
2: Like, he was doing things that were just badass.
1: That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be Okay. Alright guys, welcome to today's show We're hanging out here at BoFest I kind of like this I don't get to do in-person interviews very often So the fact that we get to do this every day Is pretty sweet Now, Tom is here, we've now named him Facebook Because Tom's everyone's first Sorry, MySpace, I already messed it up up. (laughs) right, cut, Reset. Glad that's not sticking now (laughs) So, MySpace Tom And Cole Maney Thanks for hopping on, Tom. First of all, you're like our number one groupie. I feel like, (laughs) like we officially have a podcast groupie.
2: But I think I got asked to come on. So does it count as a groupie if like? Well, then you came back every day. (laughs) Can we? Can I just be a podcast friend?
1: Yeah, that works. That works. I mean,
2: like if it if you need a groupie, Dan,
1: like I'll be your groupie. But this listen, this is my favorite part of any event is hanging out with other vendors, right? (laughs) Because, like, just walking around and talking to you guys, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, we're hanging out at night, we're getting up, shooting the it. course in the morning. Like, that's the best part. Mm-hmm. I know you were touching with, talking to me earlier, touching on uh,
3: how just shooting with other people, you said that you were shooting really good, but then they started talking to you, critiquing you a little bit, pulling through a little bit more, opening up, and then, boom, you're hitting 12 rings. Yeah. You know, just random stuff like that, being able to sit down, hang out with everybody, and it's just... It's, it's a fun deal and then get to hang out outside of just work yeah. you know go and have a couple of drinks go and watch a concert you know the watch networking people. here is oh the people watching is something
1: yeah. we people watched for two hours <laughs> legitimately it was so weird because there a was skirt. glass in between us but they could watch us watching them yeah yeah. they they thought it was hilarious yeah it w- it was a lot of fun but you guys do shows quite a bit I absolutely I mean Cole why don't you share who you're yeah. here with kind of what you do
3: yeah, so I'm Cole Maney. Um, I'm a regional sales rep for Kuyu. Um, mainly an out west hunting company, but we're really starting to transition more into the whitetail woods. Um, we got a new whitetail line that just dropped this past year. It's called the Proximity Line. It's fantastic. Got to test that out quite a bit um, and get to travel around, do a lot of hunting, do a lot of shows, tons of shows, because if you guys aren't familiar with Kuyu, we are direct-to-consumer. Nice. Um, so being able to get around the country and actually have a chance for people to try our stuff on, get their hands on it, it can be difficult looking at a computer screen and trying oh, yeah. to figure out. All right, this layer will work for this, 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 this. It's nice to get your hands on it. Um, so that's basically what we do. We have four regional sales reps throughout the country. Me and three others, and we basically deal with a quarter of the country each. So um, it's a lot of traveling, a lot of a lot of states, you know. But it's a lot of fun, and then you get to meet people like yourself. Uh, really cool meeting you, Tom. And then I, I or yeah, meeting you Tom and then meeting you Dan, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And the networking is just through the
1: roof and a lot of like minded people. It yep. just it's just easy to talk to, you know, it's fantastic. Well and and then like just talking hunting. Like mm-hmm. outside of the vendor side of things, outside of the professional or business relationship stuff, you just start talking to people and figuring out what they're passionate about. Yep. And I will say I was a little bit annoyed with you the first night. <laughs> and here's my reasoning. Was You're this at like, dinner? This was at yep. dinner when he's, he pulled out his phone and he started talking about, oh, yeah, you know, like, I got a unicorn for Michigan. <laughs> and then he showed me another unicorn and another unicorn. <laughs> and, and I said, dude, no, you shot a whole herd
3: of <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> if that,
2: I don't know. What's the plural for unicorn? Is it uh, a herd? Isn't it unicorn? Oh, a pack? I'd a say a herd. Pack. I'd go with herd. a herd. A herd. A, a gaggle? herd of unicorns. A, <laughs> <laughs> a murder? Because they're a horse. Yeah. But they have a weapon. So that's, like, I feel like a An pack army. Is, is a... An army. Well, let's just go with that. Army a platoon. Unicorns. A platoon. I don't know. A platoon of unicorns. We're going to have to look
1: this up. Anyways, <laughs> but you started showing me these bucks, and yep. I'm like... You can't start something with, like, oh, yeah, these things are really rare and then show me that you've killed six of these really <laughs> rare things. And and then I really just regret not having my phone out and snapping a picture of your screen when you zoomed out and showed me all your spots on it. So <laughs> I was like, this is where the real money is right there here. There you go.
3: You'd have to sort through probably 400 pins in Michigan, but um. – yeah. <laughs> You know, but it, it's cool growing up in Michigan because it is the most hunted state for yeah. whitetail, the mm-hmm. most hunters for per square mile. It, it's, it's, it's it's hard hunting, it's really hard hunting. But, you know, I got into whitetail hunting. I was so thankful for my dad to get me into it at such a young age. You know, I shot my first deer with a bow when I was nine years old. Nice little basket rack eight point mm-hmm. um, just to get my toes wet and I was absolutely hooked. And then growing up, I mean, I didn't have the time or the money to get into any trouble, you know? Yeah. my My getaway was the woods. And then transitioning into out West hunting, um, it, I've fallen in love with it. I mean, it's a whole other breed. It's way different, don't get me wrong, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a whole other animal. But growing up hunting Michigan, with it being so difficult to find and track these big mature deer, because they are so elusive. I mean, whitetail are elusive in general, Yeah. but you get these over deer and it's tough to find. I mean, when you're running 30 cameras on 30 different properties, just to find one deer to go after can be really tough. But then you take that and then you go into other states Like, I lease property in Missouri and uh, northwest Missouri. Going out there is a game changer. It's a totally different world. But from the background of Michigan to going to these other kick-ass states, I mean, it's unbelievable. So now we get out here, and we're really successful in other states, and we only have a week to hunt, you know? It's because you're putting all those tools that you learned hunting hard to hunt ground and then going into these other states, and it's fantastic. It gives you a better appreciation, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can't I can't complain. I love it. <laughs> I feel like pressured whitetail just act like pressured whitetail. They do. Right. Like they no do. matter where you Regardless go, where you are. they have the same uh prey instincts where mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, here's danger, this is what I have to do, this is how I need to exactly. evade, this is where I need to hide. And so that can transfer all over. But when you start out hunting a really hard state, you look like the world's best hunter when you go somewhere else. <laughs> right. And it's just we say right. that about duck hunting in southwest Missouri like yeah, exactly. if we can kill ducks here like we're gonna be duck slayers everywhere, else every, everywhere yeah that's right exactly so, that's sweet though I mean kudos to you you I I've not killed a single buck like the ones that you were showing me <laughs> on your camera and maybe it's because I grew up hunting a place that's super easy in Tremolo County Wisconsin I should have just gone somewhere way harder to start sure. <laughs> and maybe i would have a,
3: i mean everybody's background is different oh yeah. you know but that's the cool thing is we can sit here and we're like-minded people talk about the same stuff and we have the same passion yeah you know but yeah hunting these other states it's it's a game changer it's a whole nother world
2: and i think when you do like going back to your point about after after the uh two, i was gonna say Sorry. Are we good? I muted the wrong one. <laughs>
1: I was like, Sam's not talking. I was just going to mute her. She's kind of working on some logo stuff for yeah. me. And then hey, I, I muted like the wrong. That's it.
2: I, I can take a hint. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, talking after the show, it's like all the product questions, thoughts are like just stripped away. And it's just literally just like, let's talk what brought us here. Right. Yeah. And, and like we were talking at the concert music blaring (laughs) and we're we're sitting there having a like trying to have this conversation about hunting mature bucks like what we talked about how it's hunting a different animal yeah and we kind of had an aha moment together both of us of in hearing all these other stories from other people and Mm -hmm. finding the consistency i don't know should we tell them or i don't know if we should release that yeah. So it, yeah. a, no, just no, and it's nothing groundbreaking but it's just an observation. I think it's interesting a lot the three of the stories I heard yesterday from two from you and, yeah. and 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 then another one from Nick um involved sitting on trails or sitting within areas on either weather patterns or uh, just trails with low <clears throat> travel numbers. So like you're only gonna—they only saw one deer that yep. day. It might have yep. been within the first hour. Or it might have been within the first right. few hours. It you're not
1: getting like 20 does right. all throughout the morning. Yeah.
2: And I think that's—I think your lesson because I'm a huge weather, yeah, guy, front like a front guy. Yeah. When I killed my buck in in uh, 2019 with the XOP, the day the XOP, I got the XOP saddle. There was a front, a rain front coming in, and so I got it. It was like midday, and I. Did some stuff at work and then I checked out and I went up and within an hour I had a buck come down my biggest buck to that point. Right. And took him out and you had well yeah I, I similar on story that. yeah, yeah that's a <laughs> sweet story and I because, think it's
3: huge. Well I mean here's the deal you know when you're hunting brand new areas like we touched yesterday I haven't killed a single buck in Michigan that I wasn't specifically hunting mm-hmm. you know and when you're going that route your hunting tactic is completely different. If I were to go to Missouri where I'm not running any cameras and I'm running, say, it's pre-rut or just getting into the rut, okay, I'm going to be sitting down, downwind of a bedding area, major travel corridors, yep. trying to get numbers to come past me, and hopefully a mature buck comes through. Now, when I'm hunting Michigan, like that, that yeah, the story I was talking to yesterday for, um, I have a spot, it's a small property, and uh, I've been hunting this one specific buck. Really, really hard to get on. I had him all through velvet, and then as soon as he lost his velvet, I had three pictures of him, and the only three times that he came in was the worst conditions you could think of. I mean, 30-mile-an-hour winds, rain, warm, the opposite of what you think a perfect night would be. Yeah. And I, I study my cameras like you wouldn't believe were for specific deer movements and why they're doing what they're doing, and uh, I would sit and hunt that deer, and I would see 20-plus deer on a good night, And uh, but he would never show up on those good nights. He only came in horrible weather. So one day, I, was, I had a full-time job at the time. I was running a warehouse, and we had that, those exact conditions, 30 mile an hour winds, pouring rain, super warm, and I basically said, hey, I'm taking a half day. And they looked at me like I was crazy when I said I was going hunting. Yeah. You know? Um, so I get out there, and I'm getting poured on. I'm miserable. I think it's probably the dumbest thing I did yeah. at the time is what I was thinking. And I didn't see any deer that whole hunt except for the buck I was after. And he came in, and I ended up shooting him in pouring rain. I had to race down the tree, quickly track him, find him, drop a pin, and then back out. And by the time I came back 20 minutes later, the blood trail was gone. Dang. You know, but I knew where he was. And uh, But that's, that's that's a perfect example. Like I said, 20-plus deer, almost every single hunt I sit there. But I hunt a non-favorable day that's pouring rain in just nasty conditions. But that is what that buck was used to when he hit that area. Yep. Why? I don't know. But – just catching
1: on to that and understanding that and using that tool, I ended up killing that deer. I feel I feel like that's a good point. I mean, when you isolate a deer or you select a target buck or even if you have a handful of them, yep. where you're like, these are the deer I want to go after, it doesn't matter what all of the other deer are doing. That's right. Mm-hmm. And people get caught up on that a lot. Like, uh, I've got a bunch of trail cameras out right now, and there are certain nights where it's just like, ping 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 right. ping 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 and it's like every camera is all going off and i'm like man the deer are just going nuts tonight and i don't have a single mature buck yeah yep. it's just does and i can fours totally relate i know what exactly you talking points. about I have the same and 8 and i'm like where's the big ones mm-hmm. and then it's those other nights where you don't see any deer. And it's just like, right. dude, it's super dead. And then all of a sudden, boom, the one he, buck he shows up. Or, yep. like, you get a small bachelor group that are all two and a half years or older. Mm-hmm. And you just, like, it's it's pretty incredible to watch how it just shifts back and forth. But then, obviously, during the rut, things can change pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Or it's like, yep. dude, you want the numbers. <laughs> like, yeah. eventually, one of those 20 does is going to be hot. And then there might be <laughs> eight bucks for <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I, I think the weather is huge. I think back to another hunt that I had um, on that same property years ago. And I didn't end up taking the buck, but um, it was, like, the windiest day of the year. Like, absolutely awful. And I was like, oh, this is a good spot. It, it's got a big tree, I think. And so I went back there, and sure enough, it's got a tiny tree. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely awful. So I, you get up there, and, and uh, I was putting my release on or doing something where I was spun around standing up and then all of a sudden i looked down literally right below me and there's a beautiful eight-pointer and he was just on the edge of a shooter or not and um past them but it was so cool to see he was he was the only deer that i saw same thing coming that way there was does that i saw coming back to bed like 100 yards 150 200 yards off but he was that only one that way and i think that's such an interesting thing hunting those weather fronts mixed with the right locations like you said it's
1: i don't know what it is about weather like i really don't because you can see it across multiple species oh yeah this last year it was just dirty out in colorado i'm talking like freezing cold whipping winds i mean i felt like i was climbing kilimanjaro or (laughs) everest you know like we got up to our spot before daylight And the wind was whipping so hard, there were moments where you couldn't see 20 feet, like the snow was just blowing. And so all of everybody's hanging out by the side-by-side, and we're like, dude, we're not going to break our cover right now. Like, we're just going to hang out here, tuck in away from the wind. And it got light enough to where I was like, you know, I'm going to go take a peek. Like, I can see a little bit farther. Maybe there's something over this knob, like we had been seeing elk. Anywhere from a mile out to 400 yards out, like, mm-hmm. right below this, this shelf. And I remember all of the guys. I mean, and these are, like, Pennsylvania boys, right? I mean, some right. of them are very used to extreme cold. And they're huddled up. And I peek over the edge, and there's two bulls at, like, 230 yards. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I mean, it's whipping. I would have thought every elk in the area was tucked under a cedar tree mm-hmm. just, like, riding the it elk. out. These things were just walking around, no big deal, and we ended up shooting both of them. I, awesome. I sprinted back up the mountain, and I was like, "Gosh, guys, guys, big bulls. And they're just like, <laughs> can't even hear me. The wind is whipping so hard. And they're like, what? I'm like, get, get your rifles. There's two bulls. And sure enough, they grab the rifles, and we get set up. And uh, But those weather fronts, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the science is. I don't know why they like them so much, but yep. you just do see movement. You see a lot of activity oh. during I want, that.
2: I'd be curious, and I've never actually, but I, from our last conversation about with smoke, right? So yeah. they're curious about it because it's a, especially out there, it's a can be a fatal thing if mm-hmm. they're not. Right. Uh, I want. I'd be curious to study what predators, coyotes, wolves, whatever the predator, is in that area. What they do on those crap weather days and does that
3: affect the movement of the prey yeah
1: all right guys i've got to tell you about some of the new xop products that i've been using this fall and some of them i use in kind of an unconventional way first off i use the mondo saddle but i also use their turkey hunter vest and i take the cold world stand put it in the back of the vest and carry it in that way depending on how far i have to pack in I'll just bring a foot platform, but one thing I've learned is that if I put the seat cushion on the underside of the seat and flip it up, it turns it into a knee pad also, or I can flip the seat down and sit on it like a conventional tree stand. I also use their holster kit clipped right onto my saddle to carry in my climbing sticks while keeping my hands free. If you're interested in getting a mobile hunting setup like mine, go to xopoutdoors.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. All right guys, here are a few quick tips to help you increase your deer encounters this fall. A lot of people like to set up on an area because they found a scrape or a rub, but I'm telling you, you need to put more of the puzzle pieces together. If you can find a scrape line or a rub line, especially one that comes to or from water, bedding, or a food source, that is going to tell you a lot of deer are using it and not just one nocturnal buck. Also, don't be afraid to take the day off from hunting and do a scouting mission instead. If you can set up from a distance and glass the area that you're hoping to hunt, you might see exactly where the deer are coming in and out without just walking in and randomly setting up in a tree, hoping that a deer comes through. And if you want to save money on the right optics to get the job done right, head over to eurooptic.com and use code NOMADIC10 at checkout. Now, let's get back to the show presented by Vortex.
2: So, right, so if over, you know, the years... If they're used to, like, hey, the big box, like, oh, hey, most prey, including humans, are not in – or predators, sorry, excuse me. Most predators are not out and about Yeah. when it's stormy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if they've tied it to humans, but I'd, I'd be curious to look and see what – I mean, it could right, be – it could definitely are. be a learned behavior
1: where it's just like, hey, right now we don't feel pressure from other things. We're going to be out. Right. You know, nobody – like – if it's nasty weather, I'm not going fishing. Right, like, right. right. I'm just not. Yeah. Now, I mean, seeing what I've seen in the past, like, dude, I'll still go sit in the stand. But, like, there's just certain things where I'm like, yeah, it's not really worth it today. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Well, I mean, you look back to, and, like, me being a Michigan boy, you know what I mean? Grew up in Michigan. Whitetail's always been my bread and butter. Um, Now working with a western company and doing a lot more out west hunts, you know, before I started working with them, I had the itch to get out west and just get my toes wet and at least go for something in the mountains you know yeah i've always been so curious and i wanted to do it finally i just pulled the trigger and i said all right i'm gonna go colorado elk hunt in september over the counter archery and it's probably one of the most difficult hunts out west just because of the numbers and how hard everything is pressured it's, it's 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 brutal um but i ended up calling up my my buddy clay he's a florida boy he's never been out west never been in the mountains or any elevation and he's like hell yeah i'll come and film you so he's my cameraman we we just hoof it out there um 22 hours through the night get there buy our tag get up on top of the mountain and the very first day we get in on you know a 350 inch bowl Jeez. And this is an over-the-counter hunt, you know, and we have them at 30 yards, come to full draw, just can't actually get a shot on them. Uh-huh. And then his cows walk past us at 12 yards, you know. And um, this unit, I, the success rate was not good. It was less than 1% success rate for bulls and 5% for cow. Um, but it kind of fit the type of hunting I wanted to do. Yeah. So that's why I picked
1: that unit. And you're used to hunting unicorns, oh, so yeah. You already said. This is well, fine. I guess, I
3: guess I guess this this was a type of a unicorn as well because um we hunted really hard for I believe 11 days we were out there. Um so many people moved in, 27 cars at trailhead when we get there. Started to get discouraged after we couldn't get on that first bull and uh all the people moved in and pushed all the elk out. So we're kind of just sitting there twisting our fingers like what do we do? You know, where do we move? We ended up hiking 14 miles in, ran into a base camp, had no idea how they got in there, super discouraging. So finally at the end, we just wanted to have fun though. So we said, hey, you know, we'll hike back towards the truck, check out this one overlooked spot that's right next to the trailhead and maybe some guys just didn't think about it. Yeah. And uh, if there's no sign there, we'll go hoop it up in Denver and end on a good note, you know? Um, Regardless, end up getting in on this bull and uh, we worked them back and forth, back and forth. for anybody listening who does hunt elk, you know you, you know the struggle of calling for yourself. It's really tough to call for yourself. Normally, it's nicer having somebody sixty yards behind you, doing all the work. Um, those, especially in the over-the-counter units, they they'll cover ground, but they won't cover the last hundred yards or so. Yep. You know, and that's the hardest part. So we end up getting on this bull. Sounds young, weird, weird, messed up bugle. Didn't want to bugle at him, so we didn't want to scare him. And uh, he ended up shutting up. We actually backed out, slept in the truck because it was a Dang. mile and a half away. Wow and uh, came back out the next morning and got right back on him, same screwed up bugle. So long story short, same thing happens, he shuts up. So we say, well, it's last day, we'll throw a bugle at him, see what happens. And as soon as I let that bugle out, he cut me off and started chuckling at me, screaming back and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Now we knew what we were working with, you know? So we worked this bull like crazy for about a half hour and he just would not come over this crest. I mean, he just wouldn't come over this little hill. And finally, I took the Montana decoy and said, hey, I'm gonna go over top and see if I can't get a shot on him. I came over this ridge and as soon as I stepped above it, he was five yards in front of me. And he busted right away. And we're in thick timber, you know, so I'm cow calling, getting him to stop. He turns around, looks at the decoy, still got nervous, started to run again. I dropped the decoy, I still have a 65 pound pack on my back, dropped to my knees, come to full draw to shoot underneath the brush. And uh, he just so happens to stop in the only somewhat of an opening I have. And uh, I, I let it fly And I'm used to judging whitetail I thought he was like 25, 30 yards Because his body is so darn big And uh, he ended up being about 40 But it dropped right on in, hit him in the heart Went over the ridge, died about 40 yards later But what was really cool about this bull Is we are in the middle of Just a huge chunk of public Yeah. You know, like this, this bull has probably lived his whole Most of his life on public land Over the counter nonetheless So he's been called that a million times But what's cool is he ended up being over 15 years old
2: what so he was ye
3: ancient? Yeah, if you guys ever hop on my Instagram, it's just Cole Maney, C O L E M E H N E Y. You'll see those pictures on there, um, and you'll see this bull. He's he's a weird looking bull. You know, he's got a big turkey foot on one side. His left main beam comes up and does a it just kinks straight over to the side. It's just weird. He was definitely on his downward incline. You know, yeah, he he, he was going downhill. But for me, I am more excited and more proud of shooting that 15 year old old bull, then I would have been shooting that 350 on the first day. Yep. You know, and not to mention the experience that we had. I mean, we're out there, we're, we've we got a Florida boy and a Michigan boy out in the mountains at 11,000 feet. And we got a little telescopic rod catching 20 inch rainbows from the reservoir and having bonfires hey. every night, you know? So we just had a lot of fun. Yeah. But if we would have shot that elk on the first day, we wouldn't have had any of that, Yep, you know? So for me, the experience is everything. And I look back on all that and just makes me smile, you know? Yep. So ever since that hunt, I've been hooked on out west hunts. was able to get out to, you know, Nebraska this past year for mule deer. First time going for muleys. And, you know, we shot a really, really nice mule deer on the first day on an over the counter hunt. You know, nice. And Nebraska
2: is a really tough place to hunt. It's, yeah. I,
3: it's it, the hardest part with Nebraska is there's nothing to hide behind, yeah. you know? And when we were there in September, it
1: was 100 degree weather
3: every single day so
1: i'm out man (laughs) i love chasing deer i love chasing elk i hate hunting in the heat man i just really do yeah yeah it's nice to be able to put the gear to the test though i mean oh
3: yeah working for a company like kuyu they're a fantastic company to work for and you know, I, I, I'm not going to be the guy that sits in this booth and says, hey, this will work well for this hunt if I haven't done it, you know. Yeah, that makes I sense. I want to at least get out and hunt as many places and wear as much gear as I possibly can so I know what it can withstand, what it can what it can do, you know. So I'm better educating people on what they should use and when they should use it, why they should use it, you know. So, like I said, 100-degree weather our Ultra Merino, Our merino wool is unbelievable. The first morning I wore a t-shirt because it's so hot and I got my butt kicked by the sun. Yeah. And then I, you know, that evening I ended up wearing all my long sleeve, long underwear, Ultramarino 145s, and I stayed cool. And it that's was sweet. mind-boggling. And from there on out, now I can speak on behalf of that. You know? Yeah. But and then to be successful, you know, that's that's just a cherry on top.
1: But being able to have those experiences to get out there and do all these things is just, it's priceless. I absolutely love it. So chasing whitetail, obviously shooting monster bucks, patterning a specific animal or Western hunting new experiences. (laughs) This is the challenge that everybody has, right? Like you, you get good at a certain craft, you get good at a certain type of hunting, but the allure of something new or like perfecting the next thing or being better at the next thing. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's polar opposites for me.
3: So, you know, I knew I always wanted to get out West and do some Western hunting. I've always wanted to, um, but I always thought to myself, well, Whitetail's always gonna be my bread and butter. Yeah. You know, that's what I've done my whole life. It's what I'm really good at, it's what I enjoy. I figured I was gonna have fun going out West and it was gonna be a blast. I didn't think it would ever trump Whitetail. So it's really hard because I look at it completely different. You know, when I'm out West, especially if I bring a camera crew with me or buddies with me, it's, it's a social thing too. Yeah. You know, you get to do all these experiences that are more than just chasing a specific animal, you know, yeah. and the unknown. I don't know what's out there. I don't know what bull is there. I hear a bugle and I don't know what's coming in. You know what I mean? It's a surprise every time. But um, I don't know. It, it, it's really tough for me because I look at it two different ways. But it's really hard to be an 800 pound animal that's just screaming his head off 15 yards in front of you and you are shaking like a leaf, you know?
1: There's, but there's no at,
3: feeling like that, man. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. But then, then there's whitetail, and you know, with whitetail, you're, it's a puzzle, you know? Yeah. you're know, you playing chess, and you're trying to outsmart that specific deer. And something about that, especially, you know, I, I'll hunt some deer, like I chased one buck for four years, and I had three different properties I hunted him on, and they're small chunks, but they're all about a mile and a half apart, and I got pictures of them at every single spot. Chased that deer for four years. And when I say chased him for four years, he was mature for four years. Jeez. And um, so I was actually trying to kill him. And I I saw him on hoof multiple times and disappeared for a month and a half. Thought he was dead. Um, went out to one of my stands to shoot this 200 pound doe that I had on camera because I saw her every hunt. I was in her core area. And uh, next thing you know it, he walks in. And I haven't seen him in a month and a half. And this is four years in the making. I hunted 70 out of the 93 days of the season for that deer that season. And uh, he came in, he was behind some brush, I come to full draw, I I don't want to throw anybody on the bus right now, but I was using Rage Broadheads, and I I plugged him right behind the shoulder, absolute perfect shot, Yeah. to the point where I called every one of my buddies and I'm like, he's dead. I finally got him, four years in the making, I'm so excited, I get down, the blood is pretty minimal, but it's lung blood, I got bubbles, I got everything else, it was a fantastic shot. It was 15 yards. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the rage didn't open. Oh, so man. I tracked that deer, ended up jumping him up, backed out, came back the next day. I chased him for a five mile loop. We have two days left of the season. Um, now we're getting to the point where, well, I don't know if this is gonna kill him or not. Maybe we have to get in there and try to get another arrow in him because I don't think he's gonna make it yeah. to the spring. So I didn't want that deer to go to waste. Yeah. Um, we chased him around like crazy. He ended up disappearing. I got pictures of him after he dropped his antlers. And I jumped him up twice, and the second time I jumped him up, he did not look good. You know, He looked very injured, so I didn't think he was gonna make it. Long story short, I get a picture of him after he dropped his antlers, and he's still alive. He never made it back through spring, though. He must have died that winter. Talking to a neighbor a couple years later, he was telling me about this giant 10 point he had on camera. I explained the, the buck, and he's like, yes, that's him. I told him when I shot him, he pulled up a picture on his trail camera from that year, and it was three days after I shot that deer, walking past his camera broadside, and uh, I kind of laughed about it because his kid made a comment and said, Dad, look, there's even a little bullseye where you want to hit him because that was my <sighs> scar from where I shot him. Oh, and it was right gosh. behind the shoulder, absolutely perfect. So for me, it's just really hard to put so much time, effort, money in just the drive to get this deer. And then, to, you know, in all honesty, to win, I, I did what I tried to do. I yeah. got him in front of me, and I, I made a good shot, you know. But... You know for something like that to happen and not open up and then lose that deer you know is it's so tough so i don't know i look at i look at whitetail hunting and western hunting completely different but they
1: both have their own place and i love both of them if you're an avid listener of this podcast you've probably heard me talking about infinite outdoors in the past infinite outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use Nomadic 15 for 15% off your membership. All right, how many of you guys hate dealing with tangled up rope, trying to untie it? It's all knotted up and you actually really need it at the time. Don't raise your hands because I obviously can't see you, but those days are long gone. Rapid Rope is a quick deploy rope solution that you can pull the length you need and cut it all with one hand. You don't need knives or scissors or a lighter to singe the end because it's cross-threaded to keep it from fraying. Yeah, they've thought of everything. And this is way stronger than your average 550 cord. In fact, this is 1,100-pound test. It comes in a shatterproof canister that you could fit in the cup holder in your vehicle or your backpack or, I don't know, if you still wear cargo pants, any one of the thousand pockets that you have. It comes in a 120-foot canister, a 70-foot canister, and you can get a rope refill. So just in a matter of seconds, you could be deploying and cutting rope with one hand again. So if you want to stop dealing with the headache of untying rope and detangling everything anytime you need to tie something down, go check out rapidrope.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. Alright, if you're not using Takt cams, Reveal cell cameras on your hunting property for scouting or monitoring the wildlife, you are seriously missing out. When you pair that with the Reveal mobile app, you can see the action as it's happening, no matter where you are. In fact, I've got trail cameras up in Wisconsin on the land that we hunt, and not only do I get pictures from those cameras sent to me, I can also track the progress of the camera, the battery life, how much memory is left on the SD card, and I can see what the weather's doing at the time that a picture is taken. So I can't think of a better tool for scouting, whether it is close to home or in a totally different state. So if you want to stay tuned into the action or just get into the action, go to revealcellcam.com or tactcam.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. Yeah, it's cool to see people get into one after being so mm-hmm. heavily involved in the other. Sure. And there is some weird dichotomy that happens with it where they are so different, yeah, but you love them equally as much. Like, I love putting on miles in the mountains. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love suffering right. on the pack out but i also love just sitting in silence in a tree stand. Yes, yes. And i don't know if you have to have that balance or what well, cuz there are two people who kinds don't of rewarding feelings. Yeah, it you know? really is. I mean like physical, mental, emotional, but at the end of the day you're still in a different type of predator mode, mm-hmm. right? Like think about a wolf, you know, like yeah. just cruising, slowly stalking prey, finding that opportunity or an owl perched up on a tree waiting exactly. for a field yep. mouse. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like it's just every level of prey predator interaction that you get hunting only two different animals. Yeah. You know. That's right. That's that's 100% right. What's the, what's on the plan for you guys or on the docket this year Oof. for hunts? There's a lot. Um trying to
3: find the time, but uh I am gonna go back out to Montana in September, um, and try to try to shoot a bear with a bow. Um, that's definitely on the list, so I want to get that done. But a lot of whitetail hunting this year. Yeah. Um, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Missouri, and maybe Texas. That's still still okay. still going back and forth on it. But yeah, a lot of traveling. But I'm excited. It's gonna be an eventful season. Do
1: you have any uh, unicorns you're chasing this year?
3: This year, I have a couple on camera. Um, <laughs> you know they're not giants they're probably 145 but yeah. michigan 145 so it's they're good bucks they're yeah. good bucks they're much so, so like an iowa 300 <laughs> there you go <laughs> there you go it is funny because i i do have some other buddies in the industry that live in iowa yeah and we'll go back and forth i'll be like listen buddy a 160 in michigan's at 200 in iowa you know yeah. and you know he'll call bs on it and whatever but you know it's all jokes but um yeah, there it, it, it does make it a lot tougher, but I like the chase. You yeah. know, I enjoy it. I got a couple bucks that we're going after, but uh, I think uh, once I get cameras out here in the next month or so in Missouri, I think we're gonna start to see some, some really nice deer.
1: Yeah, it's funny, man. Just regionally, like we're here in Wisconsin right now, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many people have walked up and they're trying to score these deer yep. above me. And they're like, all right, well, I mean, that one's pretty small. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I'm right here. Like, you don't even I'm, cross his name off. This He's is my dry. deer. <laughs> but, but, like, for here, you know, like, you're hunting Wisconsin, one of the states, the state with the most Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett yep. deer. And you have people hunting some of the better counties in the country. Right. And it would be the same thing in Iowa. But then you talk to people in southwest Missouri. And you should hear the opposite comments that I get right. from some guys down there. Right. Dude, I've never seen a buck like that. Are you kidding me? And it's just really interesting. But what's cool is you can hunt deer that are just in, like, the top tier for the area. Yeah. And it's just as rewarding. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. You're not going to go down to Florida and shoot 190-inch no, deer. No, it's, it's not right? going to happen. Like, it's just not. You, know. you have to know, like, hey, what's the, what's the average deer that people are killing here? And then go, okay, that's going to be my goal. Like, yeah, I want right. to shoot a deer that is on the higher end of the list. Yep. Or you just go out there and shoot for meat, and hopefully you're not shooting next to my property. But, <laughs> <laughs> like I love, I love getting meat. I really do. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, yep. somehow the meat hunters just like, it's really easy for them to kill great up-and-comers. Mm-hmm. It's like they're attracted to each other for whatever reason. Well, there's a lot of
3: arguments that go back and forth with it too because I manage my properties like crazy. Yeah. So certain properties I have to take X amount of does off of per year. Yeah. And uh, for me, I shoot does every year regardless. Yeah. So if I'm going to plan on eating a deer, I mean, I eat all my deer, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if I'm shooting for meat, I would rather shoot a doe that's a little more tender, not testosterone driven, and they just taste better. Yeah. And then I'm also managing my property at the same time. That's good.
2: I really like when they still have spots. So <laughs> I, I, Dude, yeah, they're a little, little really more tender. tender. Yeah, you don't Stop have to them. beat them with a hammer before you throw them
1: on the grill. <laughs> no, is. I'm not saying when they're alive, like tenderizing meat.
2: <laughs> so. Sam's all like, beating a deer with we, a hammer? She's very sensitive today, I think, to animals. Yeah, we, yeah the day started sensitive. On her. our shoot, on our on our hunt, or our hunt this morning, the course. on our course today, we found the smallest baby bunny that... I think I've ever seen. Yeah, huddled up next to this tree, and she just went into straight mama mode. Dan's over there doing, having to doing backflips and all kinds of oh, stuff. I was just to petting
1: it. it and picking it up, and everyone's <laughs> like, "You can't
0: touch it! You can't!" <laughs> I'm like, "That's
1: a water sale You That's 100% a can." Yep. They will. Like, it, it's going to be totally fine. It's, and
2: fine. it's fine. Everybody, it's fine. It's fine.
1: Uh, the odds of so that alive. bunny making it anyways right. is pretty slim. Right. Do you know so, how many hawks there are so in this like, territory? So, like, it might as well have got some cuddles <laughs> and love from Dan. <laughs> Big old Dan. Like, how many bunnies around here could say that? Zero. Now one. Now one. Now one. Now one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys hopping on and chatting. I feel like these are a couple of the relationships we made here where we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Sure. And I'm going to try to start doing some coding and hacking so I can get into your <laughs> Onyx account. There you and go. Just zoom in. <laughs> well, how, just, about, like, how about we just plan a hunt together? Yeah. Yeah. I let's like get out. Good. Let's get I'm out. Cool. Hey, you both. come down and show me how to hunt a Missouri unicorn. Uh, and, I can do that. And, I love and then it. you can, well, he's going to show me how to hunt, like,
2: what's a what's, a Nubbin Unicorn? Is that like <laughs> this tiny? Like, yeah. It doesn't have the full horn, yeah, but like c- he's going to be get like. get you on the biggest ones right away. You got to like work up your unicorn levels. Yeah. You know, is there, that There's, how it there's is? different levels. Right. It's horn. like Pokemon, oh, man. man. They've right. got like evolve.
1: <laughs> I'm going to start making so many Pokemon references because my kids are like really into yeah, it all of a sudden. Yeah. I appreciate you guys coming on. Share where people can find you. Follow along real quick. Yep, uh, Colmany, like I said, hop on Instagram.
3: It's C-O-L-E-M-E-H-N-E-Y. Give me a follow. Uh, you can see a lot lot Check of my deer on unicorns. there. <laughs> Check out the unicorns. Um, but, yeah, that's how you can get a hold of me.
2: Sweet. Uh, XOPoutdoors.com for me or Tom underscore Lalonde. L-A.
1: L-A-L-O-N-D. Or just Enjoy. go to MySpace and find <laughs> your first friend. right. First, <laughs> your first friend. Just type him. in Tom,
2: and it's probably probably <laughs> that's probably that's <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks for the time, guys. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Dan.